With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is home for my mother. And the boy she raised. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 5-1-2 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that you have a chance to catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? Uh, this is Soul Hat. Uh, they are playing, uh, getting back together to play a show uh, tomorrow at Antone's. Uh, they're playing uh, early, I think like 1 p.m., 2 p.m. show Ooh, yeah. over at it's Antone's. Uh, but they're doing a, it's, it's a uh, remembrance of Johnny Walker, who was a DJ in town for a very long time. Oh, man. Uh, helped a lot of local bands. Okay. So uh, he helped them out a lot. He used to play this song every Friday at 5 o'clock. This song? This song. Well, there's like the- well, there an extended version that he played. Okay. But Soul Hat, awesome to get back together and play it. So it'll be a fun show tomorrow at Antone's. Yeah. Oh, Johnny, Johnny Walker's a popular name. It is. Well, they're talking about Johnny Walker, obviously, the, the liquor Johnny Walker. But John, that's like two Johnny Walkers that played at Texas. Yeah. They played football at Texas, I believe. Like and they're not, part of our, they're not part of our brothers? Uh, no. <laughs> I think they're just like two separate Johnny Walkers. <laughs> two separate Johnny Walkers. <laughs> what? I got my phone. I can call that Johnny Walker. But yeah, a lot of Johnny. And there's a, another Johnny Walker in another sport. A lot of Johnny Walkers out there. Anyway. Yeah. A lot of uh, people like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Johnny Walker, the one I know, should have had some type of endorsement with Johnny Walker, the label. Okay? Yeah. Been I mean, pretty natural. you couldn't do that in college back in those days. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I guess you can't, because they can't endorse NIL with alcohol now. I don't think so, no. Yeah, they like something. They, I think... There are a few things they can't endorse. They can't endorse alcohol, any type of, like, I think in Texas it's gambling institutions and stuff like that. Yeah, they, yeah, that makes sense. They can't do that. Yeah. And I don't know what – I think it's illegal firearms, which is strange. They can't endorse illegal – yeah, I know. It was weird. Illegal firearms? I swear I read that it, it said illegal. You can't endorse it. I was like, well, of course they can't endorse You can't endorse. do illegal anything, can you? <laughs> I swear it was very strange. I don't think they can do legal firearms either, but it's very strange. you got to go read the law. It's very weird. Um, anyway. Uh, let's get to some Dallas Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets, uh, and then we'll get to Raj round the day. Raj round the day. I'm gonna pay tribute to uh, one of the goats of entertainment. Period. He's celebrating a birthday tomorrow. The who we always talk about actually on Fridays. It's a Ric Flair Friday. My man Ric Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair celebrating a B day tomorrow. I'm gonna throw out some strange, random, weird factoids that most of y'all don't know about Ric Flair. Man, who's basically he's on the Mount Rushmore of all time great wrestlers. He's on your is he on your Mount Rushmore? Yo, yeah. I think he's on everybody's. I mean, Mount have you Rushmore. seen my office? I have. That's why I figured you were on board with the yes, no doubt. I figured you were on board with it. I figured he's on everybody's Mount Rushmore. I got Rushmore. the Ric Flair signed boot in my office. Oh, it's right. Oh, so you're really gonna enjoy it. You, you know all these factoids in us. I'm not gonna surprise you. <laughs> most of you out there, you probably don't know about the factoids about the the nature boy Ric Flair. So we'll do that. And also, I I, I promised I was going to do this, and I wanted to be a man of my word. So I went and 
<laughs> basically looked at all of the wrestlers in just basically in my in my my generation of wrestlers when I was a big time wrestling fan. So I know everybody's got their own kind of arrow when they were wrestling, watching wrestling. I got mine. And I told you guys that I was going to lay out a, um, a basically casting list of actors who could play all the great wrestlers in my generation of, of, of wrestlers. So I did it. And I'll get into that, too, in Rod's Round of the Day. See if y'all agree or disagree with the actors that I have set to portray uh, Bret Hart, um, man, Dusty Rose, <laughs> uh, Ricky Steamboat, those types. We'll get into some of that, too. All right, coming up in Rod's Round of the Day. Have a little fun with that. Okay, let's talk about the Cowboys. So the Cowboys did make a hire. Uh, they made a couple of hires, actually, to their coaching staff. And now they've essentially, I don't know if they've finished uh, making or at least assembling this coaching staff, but they're pretty close in finishing uh, the coaching staff. They made a lot of changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We know they hired offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, Mike Solari was their offensive line coach. Well, they also promoted a running backs coach or at least they announced uh, they'll have a running backs coach as well. And they announced a quarterback coach. The quarterback coach, so the running backs coach is Jeff Blasco. He is moving from assistant offensive line. Now he's going to coach the running backs. And Scott Tolzing is going to be the quarterback's coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Both of these gentlemen were with the Cowboys um, most recently, Scott Tozen was there for three years as an, an offensive assistant. So he's been with the Cowboys for a while. And the, uh, Jeff Blasco was there as the assistant offensive line coach since Mike McCarthy arrived in 2020. So he's been with there. And he also spent time with Mike McCarthy in, in Green Bay. And so this Scott Tozen, except he was a player in Mike McCarthy's system there in Green Bay. And the man, the assistant DB coach, uh, also uh, Cannon Matthews. Um, that was he was also someone who was um, uh, announced as a member of the staff. He also was an in-house promotion, uh, promoting from within. The Cowboys do a lot of that. And if I did have a complaint about what the Cowboys are doing, because like I said, Cannon Matthews, I believe, was on that initial coaching staff with Mike McCarthy, Mike Solari. Yes, he is somewhat of an outsider, but remember, he was with Mike McCarthy for a while as well as an assistant offensive line coach with Green Bay. He was with Mike McCarthy. Did spend some time with Brian Scheinheimer when they were, and Dan Quinn, by the way, when they were in Seattle together. Um, but Mike's, and Mike Solari goes way, way back. I think that Mike Solari hire was a good hire. He goes so far back that hell, Jason Garrett considered him a finalist for the O-line job for the Cowboys in 2018, um, and he's worked with a ton of different organizations. So uh, he's a NFL lifer and been around for a long, long time. But the rest of these hires, the reason I'm not saying I don't like any of them, I'm, I'm not even really criticizing the hires at all. I'm just making more of an observation the Cowboys continue to make what I call comfort hires. They want to hire from within. They want to hire, They want to promote from within. And every organization does this to a certain extent. Um, I think the Cowboys abuse it. It's almost, like I said, gratuitous with them. Like it feels like it's just them staying in a comfort zone. And comfort can oftentimes be the enemy of progress. All right? They're just 
hiring people they're comfortable with. And I have no problem with promoting from within. But I think a lot of what the Cowboys are doing, instead of bringing in someone with a fresh perspective, right? They did this with Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was promoted essentially from within. They did it with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett promoted from within. Uh, they do it all, every time they you know, bring in one of their ex-players to be on the staff, which they've done a ton of, which nothing wrong with that. It happens a lot. But bringing in players like the Detroit Lions are doing is different than bringing in players used to play for you and in the Cowboys they're kind of this you know incestuous inbred culture where they're always hiring their own guys and from within nothing wrong with it but like I said I think you can abuse it and I think the Cowboys are right on the verge of abusing it happens too much and they're the kind of organization that needs a fresh perspective they need outside eyes you need fresh ideas a different methodology there can be a more efficient more effective way to do things and the cowboys will never find that out because they're always just recycling their own and like i said it's not necessarily an indictment on the cowboys um but when you bring in these young uh, offensive and defensive assistants and then you just promote them to being you know assistant coaches and then coordinators and then eventually head coaches Everybody is indoctrinated in this with the same dogma. Everybody has the same ideology, same belief system. Everybody's been programmed the same way. If you're going to have diversity of ideals and a melting pot of ideas. I mean, you got to have people with with outside perspectives. You got to have people with outside, um, you know, fresh, you know, points of view and fresh ideas. I don't think the Cowboys have enough of that. So I can say I'm not criticizing the hire. I would, if I was a part of the organization, I'd make it more of an organizational habit to, to, to go dip outside of the company every now and then for certain positions. So I think that fresh perspective and those fresh ideas are needed with the Cowboys. That's why they get stale and stuck in these ruts because it's just the same ideas being recycled time and time again. And a lot of people who are, what's the word said, indebted to these coaches for their promotions because they're the ones who brought them up as young assistants and young, uh, you know, quality control coaches. I'd like for the Cowboys to go out. When, this is, the press, this is my, my, my point. When the Cowboys are interviewing for these vacancies, they had an offensive line vacancy, they had an offensive coordinator vacancy, they had a quarterback coach vacancy, running back coach vacancy. I mean, they overhauled everything. You're telling me everybody they interviewed, all the candidates, should have been scores of candidates. They all they all came down to, you know what? The best choice for this hire is in-house. It's our own guy. Over and over again. Turns out the best running best coach out there was our guy right here. He was he was in our house the whole time. He was staring us in the face the whole time. We didn't even know. We interviewed all these great candidates from college football, from the NFL, and then we decided the best one for the job is the guy who has been here as an assistant the whole time. I'm not saying that's wrong. But doesn't it happen a lot with the Cowboys? Yeah, and you'd think if they a realize, lot. like they see Dan Quinn and the success Dan Quinn has, oh, you think they you. would go, they would go, hey man, you saw we brought that guy in that was kind of outside of our spectrum. And we just knew him because he was a head coach, and we we gave him. A, he's really good. He's like really good, really good. So maybe we should try it every once in a while, like and just change up your interviewing methods. Then, if you say, hey man, if we're if we're doing this a hundred times and getting a hundred of the same results. Maybe we should change up how we're interviewing these people because clearly we're not we're not finding the best person. We're finding the same person over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it may be great hires. I'm not saying not going to work. I'm not saying I don't. I see the continuity and familiarity and the chemistry of the coaching staff. I, I know all that 
has to be a factor. But I, like I said, I study the Cowboys. I'm going to go back and do exhaustive research over the weekend. Man, I, I, I think they abuse this method. Well, That's what I'm saying. This they, goes into they, the. They, I, they're just too comfortable with this. And this goes method. into the. I don't want to draft a quarterback to push my starter. I don't want there to be discomfort. Like, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that pushes you to be a better player. Right? And sometimes that pushes you to work harder because you know, hey man, I know, uh, I know he goes to lunch every, so I can watch YouTube videos for an hour because I know <laughs> that guy's gonna be at lunch for an hour, and so nothing's gonna happen. So I know, oh, and I know that this person, you know, that they're they always uh. They uh, they leave some food in the fridge so I can go get their food every like I know all the little tricks. Yep. Maybe one day someone comes in and changes things up and you go oh oh now I'm oh I'm getting this I didn't know I could do it that way no oh, now I'm, there, I'm on that lunch hour apparently there's things I could be doing exactly and if, as an owner of a franchise it seems like you'd want to bring in fresh blood every once in a while to just be like hey let's keep people on their toes well Ian you know when you make these hires when you look at the best organizations in the NFL. Are they interviewing coaches from those organizations or, you know what I mean, are yeah. different assistant coaches from those different organizations to try to bring in better ideas and better methodology, better procedures, more effective ones? That's all. Because like it seems like they – I know it happens with everybody. It seems like it happens with the Cowboys a little too often. Uh, something else I want to bring up since we're talking about the Cowboys here. Uh, I saw this uh, study that was done. And it's not really a study. It's just um, – over the cap, they keep up with annual spending, contractual spending, um, salary cap uh, uh, for each team and who's over the salary cap, who's under the salary cap. And they, they keep up with it annually. And they did or uh, the research on the last two years of the NFL salary cap, which teams have spent the most cash. And even though you know a lot of teams out there um, they end up, you know, spending cash. Every team does. Some teams spend more because they believe in more of a, a cash over cap philosophy, which basically is what the Rams did, and the Rams were really successful at it. Basically, you decide to to front load a lot of your contracts, pay a lot of cash up front in those contracts. Yes, you got to be liquid to do that. Got to have a lot of liquid capital, but you won't be handcuffed by those contracts at the end. You'll be able to cut ties with players easier and you can move on a lot easier and you won't have so much dead money speaking of you know the cowboys highest paid linebacker was this season jalen smith dead money all right because basically paying him like almost seven million dollars in dead money bad contracts coming back to hunt the dallas cowboys um but i digress speaking of we'll get to some of those bad contracts coming back to hunt them so in this over the cap uh research they looked at cash spending for 2021 and 2022. And the Cowboys, based on this research, they are 30th in total cash spending. Only the Falcons and the Bears have spent less cash on players over the last two years. Now, does that mean you're... I was, I, I'm not saying that the Cowboys are... You know, that they are being cheap, and that's the reason for this. But it does show you they're less aggressive in yeah. the way they build these contracts and in the way that they spend money. They're just less aggressive. So frugal. is a, you, you ain't got to say cheap. You can say they're frugal. They're fiscally conservative, which everyone say. And, and I, I agree with a lot of these moves. My point would be you don't benefit from the frugality 
all right, of these decisions related to the salary cap when you have a, a terrible Jalen Smith contract, when you sign Zeke Elliott to an old, to a, a bloated deal and he ends up being paid more annually than the entire Eagles or Kansas City running back room combined. When you trade Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick, you don't get to enjoy the the benefits of the frugality when you're trying to offset with really bad decisions in the front office. So I don't disagree with the frugality. My thing was I think you could better compensate or mask some of those bad decisions because every organization makes them if you were more aggressive. But because you're so conservative with the money and and the cash – those bad decisions you're also making, that's just keeping you in mediocrity. You're just mired in mediocrity. You're just in the middle of the middle class. And I think for the Cowboys, that would be the most frustrating part. Here's a little, little factoid. The Cowboys have spent less cash on players than any team in the NFL in the last two seasons. The 31st team has spent $295 million more, and no other team has spent less than $320 million. The Cowboys have spent $285 million. So they don't believe in cash or a cap was how the Rams kind of won the Super Bowl, one of their advantages. They don't believe in being aggressive like the Eagles were this past season. We know that because Jerry Jones said, nah, we'd rather be in the middle. We don't like to be aggressive like that because that could end up blowing up in your face. You could end up going belly up in that situation rather than, you know, making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I don't necessarily know what the Cowboys' philosophy, organizational philosophy is. I'm not sure. It's definitely not aggressive and not all in. It's... It, but what it makes sense. It? Do you know what their Do you know what their placement of dead cap is in the league for last year? What fifteenth, right there in the middle, right there, <laughs> right there in the middle, right there in you the go, middle. Dallas, right there in the middle. That's what Jerry Joe said. He said he wanted to be in the middle. He's right there. Yeah, I how mean, does it feel? Because I mean, you're looking at Chicago, who just traded off a bunch of defensive players. You're looking at Atlanta, who traded off Matt Ryan. Trade off Calvin Ridley, so they trade off a bunch of dead cap. Houston traded Deshaun Watson, so they're up there. So, like, if you trade off a big name, you're going to have a ton of dead cap. Yes, just yes. because that's how that works. Agreed. Which is why those big name players don't get traded as much. So, a lot of those teams that are at the top are like, oh yeah, they made a big move. So, once you start going down to the regular, they're at the higher end of teams that didn't trade away a big player. Yeah, and I guess Amari Cooper is going to be some of that. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think about that. You're right. He is. But but yeah, you're. It's it's just funny. They're right there in the middle. Just how Dallas always ends up. Yeah, and I think Jerry, I, I think that's by design. The, the way Jerry yeah. speaks, that is by design. Hey, and that's what we can talk about Bobby Wagner and, hey, man, does he want to go to the Cowboys? You're like, it doesn't matter. Or the Cowboys want Bobby Wagner? Go, it doesn't matter if the Cowboys want Bobby Wagner. It matters if Bobby Wagner wants to take a pay cut to go to the Cowboys because that's the only way they're going to sign him. Yeah, honestly, I think you're They're right. not paying him out. They're not going cash over cap. They're not doing any of those things. I thought I, w- I thought that the conversation was worth having until you just made that really astute point that it, <laughs> unless he was, he's going to take a pay cut, he's not going to play for the Cowboys. Yeah. That was the point. That was the problem last time was that he was they weren't willing to pay the price. And I believe he signed a monster deal with the Rams, though. Yeah. But the Rams, getting back to Patrick's point, that's a cash over cap organization. They're yeah. like, no, come here. We'll, we'll front load your deal. You get a ton of money in year one and year two, and we'll probably end up cutting you in year three. So don't worry about it. Yeah. And they he come knows in that. Year one. And they come <laughs> after year one. They come after year one. Um, but they're like, yeah, you know, we'll move on and we'll figure out the dead cap and we'll space this stuff out. And But, yeah, no, I, that's the problem is, we, you know, we can talk about the Cowboys trying to make these moves and who wants – who are they looking at? But we know the reality is, oh, who's going to come in? Who wants to play? Who wants to wear the star? It's an honor to wear the star. 
It is an honor. Some guy, no, you're right. That used to, and that's, some guys and will that's give him a his, But that's the mentality. And you're like, man, it's 2023. It is an honor to get paid. Straight that cash is what That is what 95% of these players believe is it's an honor to get paid. Yeah. So unless you're willing to pony up, you're not going to get any of these bigger names. He's fine with it because he likes our guys. Yeah, and they, that's part of it, too. They like their guys, and their guys are good. They're good because they are one of the best teams in the NFL in the draft. Um, but they just like their guys too much. A lot, I mean, whether it be them being the most homegrown team in the NFL building through the draft or whether it be all of the promotion from within and the coaching staff and, the, and within the organization, um, just not – it's too much, too much bubble. They're just in the bubble. Yeah. All right. There's too much uh, to me. It is too much of the the Cowboys' ideas and their beliefs being recycled, <laughs> um, basically within their own organization. I really wonder how much of this is because when other people come in, they'll tell you about where Dallas sits in the league in reality, and they'll tell you reality of the league. And when the people interview inside, they're like. Well, Dallas is the premier program. He's like, this is the premier football destination. Oh, trying to get the job. And, and they, well, they, they're already brainwashed. They're part of it. And so Jerry Jones is like, well, they get it. They get that the Cowboys are the best team. These other people are sitting around saying that we dance around the middle too much. I guess. And that, maybe that's why he's promoting from within. He's like, we got the best here. It's yeah. all here. Oh, these guys call me coach. <laughs> this other guy called me Jerry. Jerry. Oh, man. I'm coach. That is. That's wild. Um, all right. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the break here. We come back. I'll uh, celebrate the B day tomorrow's B day of the, the 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 nature boy, the legend Ric Flair, and we'll go over possible casting for an all time great wrestling movie. Who would play all the iconic characters? We'll have that conversation. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Rod's Rant of the Day. Uh Uh-oh. I think it's coming. Uh Uh-oh. I think it's why my man Patrick... Put the sound down real quick. Turn the audio down. We're going to show some love to a legend, to an icon. Actually, it's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, probably on my Mount Rushmore. Celebrating a birthday this weekend, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Now, for those who don't know, Ric Flair, he's a legend. Well, WWF legend, WWE legend, NWA legend, NW. O legend? I mean, he's WCW, WC- Crockett Promotions. WCW, yeah. <laughs> if there's any type of wrestling, man, Ric Flair has been around it. And I can't believe it, man. He's going to be 74 years old, I believe. He will be this weekend, tomorrow, February 25th. He celebrates his 74th birthday, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Um, he's on everybody's Mount Rushmore. He's been wrestling for, I think, 50 Plus years now? Yeah, he just had his last match, and then I know he wants to do another last match. (laughs) 
<laughs> he does. He wants to do another last match. Uh, he's a 16-time world champion, eight-time NWA world heavyweight champion, six-time WCW champion, two-time WWF champion. I mean, you name it, the man. He was claimed to be a 21-time champion. Uh, but, I mean, he's got so many accolades, I can't go through them all. I want to go through some, and I always had Rick Rick Flair wanted to be like, um, if he wanted to be a Joel Osteen, if he wanted to be a televangelist, he could have done that too. He could have been a motivational speaker. He could have went the Tony Robbins route. He could have easily been a motivational speaker. He could have easily been a televangelist and probably made a ton, probably made more money, honestly, and probably would be in a lot better shape today. But we wouldn't know him for being the nature boy, Rick Flair, had to get that off my chest. Uh, anyway, I want to give you some of the most random factors about Ric Flair that really made him unique and special. And him becoming the nature boy is really the culmination, more the amalgamation of just a lot of different, weird, strange things that happened to this man. And then and when you start hearing about some of this stuff, you understand why he is the way that he is at 74. So he was allegedly stolen and sold as a baby. <laughs> exactly. The first little fact thought about his life is like, what? What? Over the course of 21 years, the Tennessee Children's Home Society directed Georgia Tan and the web of co-conspirators kidnapped around 5,000 children and adopted them out, of, out for profit under the guise of a legitimate agency. Ric Flair was one of those children. In 1949, he was adopted by a couple in Minnesota, obstetrician Dick Flair. Fleer, it's a little different than Fleer, and his author wife Kay. Flair's true birth name could have been Fred Phillips, Fred Demery, Fred Stewart, or something completely different. The Tennessee Children's Home Society operated under a cloud of lies. In his book, To Be the Man, uh, Rick Flair said, Believe it or not, I never bothered looking up my adoption papers until I started researching this book. The documents were starting, were sitting in a safe in my house, and I didn't even know my birth name. I was never curious. I still am not curious. Um, I'm an only child, and as far as I'm concerned, my parents have always been my mom and my dad. Yes, he said, uh, <laughs> he said that at one point, uh, his brother, I believe, someone that said that it was his brother, was like reaching out to talk to him. He was like, "Don't care." Wow. Yeah, he's like, "You're not. We're not related." Yeah, no. like, nope. unbelievable. Yeah, that. I mean, that's that, that, so that is a that's like I said, it's part of the the true story of Ric Flair. Um, also, if <laughs> you started looking at into his his past, basically, he also wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> he felt he disappointed his adoptive parents because they love theater and he loves sports. Perhaps as a way to co- cover the disappointment, um, he, he uh, wanted to follow his, ma- his, his father's medical footsteps, and he considered going into dentistry before he pursued, a obviously, a career in wrestling. And he also wanted to play sports. I believe he was a really good baseball player and a football player early in his career. Yes. Played both football and baseball early on yeah. and ended up, obviously, uh, pursuing wrestling. He did want to quit wrestling. He says after his first two days, he said um, when he decided to try his hand at wrestling, he went to train with legendary promoter Vern you say Gagne. Gat, is it Gagne? Vern Gagne. Gagne. Thank you very much. Vern Gagne, AWA. Owner of the Minnesota-based AMAWA, as Patrick just told you. Two days of doing 500 free squats and 200 push-ups and 200 sit-ups at the camp had Flair mentally exhausted. He threw in the towel and called his friend, which was uh, Vern's son, to tell him that he was quitting. And he soon, Vern, arrived at Flair's house yelling at the future nature boy uh, that he didn't sign up just to quit and forced him back into the gym. Thank that guy. 
school. No, Vern Gagne trained a lot of guys. <laughs> he was like a super megastar of his own back in the day because he was like a legit wrestler that went into pro wrestling and yeah. then owned his own place, so he was always the champ. That is fantastic. And then, yeah, but he was a, like legendarily tough on training people. Uh, well, it paid off uh, because uh, in the Nature Boy, he needed that tough training because uh, it might have been the reason he survived a plane crash. Uh, when Flair's wrestling career was just starting, he was a heavyset brawler with a buzz cut. And in October 1975, he was involved in a plane crash. They killed the pilot. And it paralyzed another wrestler. And I believe that wrestler was uh, Johnny Valentine. Paralyzed Johnny Valentine. Um, he was severely injured. Um, and he was told he would never wrestle again. Uh, the 26-year-old Flair recovered. He slimmed down as a result of the injuries. And that was really the genesis of the nature boy. Before that, he was like going to be a big kind of bulky brawler. Yeah. And he slimmed down after all the injuries from the accident, from the plane Wanted crash. to be uh, rambling, uh, rambling Rickus Rhodes, <laughs> like Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yes. Because hey, he was, he, yeah, And he, right. asked, he asked Dusty Rhodes and he said no. Yeah, nobody's trying to steal, <laughs> steal my, my persona, man. Nah, man, can't do that. Um, he also, in addition to surviving a plane crash where the pilot died and the one of the other— Which, fun fact about that, the reason the plane crashed, uh, because they were taking too many people on the plane, there was a, a weight limit oh. on the plane, but because these wrestlers, so it was the right amount of people, but they're all they're huge. bigger people. Yeah, they're huge. So he would take less fuel to equal out the weight. Not smart. No, did not work I out. I gotta say, that is not that's not a way to solve that problem. No, nope, but that is what he did. <laughs> that is that's a dang coaching mistake right there. Uh, he also survived a lightning strike once. According to Flair, he had a close uh, brush with death after uh, the lightning str- uh, strike. Here's, here's he said while the lightning strike wasn't as you know publicized as the plane crash, he said Flair says it was just as scary and just as life threatening. He said I was getting off a plane in Richmond, Virginia. They didn't have the uh, jetways back then, back in the late 70s, and I was late for a match. He said, I was world champion then. I was wrestling Ricky Steamboat at the Richmond Coliseum. Finally, they let us off the plane. I get off. I was walking and didn't go 10, maybe 15 feet, and all of a sudden, I felt this pressure. Boom! And, man, my umbrella shot 50 feet in the air. I thought, what the hell? Lightning hit the top of my umbrella, bounced off of it, and hit a guy in the eye five feet behind me. Guy died. Killed the guy. Bounced off Ric Flair's yep. umbrella. Killed the dude behind him. That is crazy. He said, right there, I just stood there looking at the guy and froze. It scared me to death. That is unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. That is, it's, so, it's so many random stories about this dude. He also had to be put into a medical coma at one point in his life. That was his own fault. I believe he had medical issues yep. from all the drinking. Which, but the drinking and that a lot comes from the passing of his son, yes. who he blamed himself for that. Who died of a heroin overdose, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. yes. And it was a thing. If There's a documentary out right now on it's Peacock where it goes further into that. Uh, but yeah, basically he blamed himself. So he he was drinking. A, basically, the way he described it was the, his life was waiting for a point to when he could start drinking and then would drink until he went to bed. He said, I drank between 3,700 and 4,000 calories of booze. A day in my body, he said, like 20 drinks a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like I said, this dude is defined. Talk about somebody giving the, the, the middle finger to Father Time. 
Him yeah. and Tom Brady. Just, he's doing it a different way. Tom has got TB12. I don't know how Ric Flair is giving the middle finger to Father Time, but he is doing it. God bless the man. Um, also, a couple other random factoids about him, about his robes, because people think, oh, man, he wears those really fancy robes. He says his robes cost $10,000 each. It, uh, and it could cost as much as 10000 He says some of them cost as much as $27,000. Those robes are legit, man. Oh, no, he wore actual, like... like he, they're, like, like, real, like, there might be real, like, diamonds on them and stuff like that. It's that crazy. he's lost more Rolexes than most people will ever own. That is true. He is a Rolex wearing, <laughs> limousine riding, jet flying, son of yeah. a gun. <laughs> Dude, there were stories of him back in the day when they would be wrestling. He'd be like, we'd wrestle in Cal... We'd wrestle... So he'd wrestle uh, six days a week, seven days a week, twice on Sunday. And then, but they were, they would go wrestle. Then they would catch a flight from California to Vegas, get out mm. of Vegas, party all night, get back on a plane, go back, work out, go back, wrestle that night, get back on a plane, go back to Vegas. Wow. And we're living that lifestyle. And they're like, yeah, no wonder we're all broke because we were spending all of our money immediately as soon as we got it. Cause we're making money hand over fist and then immediately spending it. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it is. One thing he kept saying too is that he had to live the life. Yeah. That he, he had to live, like, the stuff that he kept talking about and bragging about on the promos and before the before the matches and after matches. And Mark Henry has told me stuff like this. That he lived the life. Like, he actually did. You know, he wanted to ride in the limousines. He wanted to stay in the penthouse. And he wanted to fly private planes and buy everybody drinks in the bar. Yeah. And t- it, he, he actually did all that stuff. That's why he's broke. He actually yep. he did it all. That's why he's broke. God bless the man, man. He is a legend for a lot of different reasons. Um, and also, since we're talking about Ric Flair, I know I wanted to get into all of these. I won't get into all of them. We can get into them next segment a little bit. And you can hit them up, hit me up on the Specs text line if you got some other ones. So I was thinking about Ric Flair. Where, where, who would play Ric Flair in a movie? Because there's going to be a movie made about Ric Flair. It's too many. Yeah, there has to be. Crazy well, stuff. Well, plus, he's going to have to sell the rights to pay for something. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point, too. Uh, so who plays Ric Flair? In the movie, here's my suggestion: Ryan Gosling can play a young Ric Flair. All right, you got to put some weight on him, though. Yeah, he's got to put a lot of weight. All those guys are small, though. That's that's he's one of my first ones to throw out there. And I and I want to put out this respect sex on who plays Ric Flair in the movie, and then expand your horizons and think about who plays whom in the. WWE, WWF, WCW crossover wrestling biopic. Yes, because uh, nobody will ever be able to make one, probably because all the rights and stuff. You'll never get everybody. On the no, same I page. mean, I think the closest you're getting right now is Young Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it'll never happen, but it, let's say hypothetically we could make it happen. Who plays all the greats? Who plays Hulk Hogan? I say you got to get Chris Hemsworth. I believe he's been, they've talked about him before in He that could role. do it. Chris Hemsworth yeah. could play Hulk Hogan. He really could do it. I think he could do it. It'd be really good. Um, okay, so I got, a bu- I got a bunch of these, actually. So who would play, who plays Dusty Rose? That might, t- Dusty Rose is the toughest one. He might yeah. have been the toughest one who plays Dusty Rose. You got to get a big guy. And you know who would have been perfect, but he got skinny? Was Jonah Hill? Yes! Have him written. You see my paper? He's written right there. <laughs> That's Jonah Hill. He got too skinny. I'm we like, need a Jonah skinny. Hill type. Come on. Uh, someone says Jack Black can play Ric Flair. No, Jack yeah. Black could maybe could play Dusty, though. 
Jack Black probably could play Dusty, actually. Jack Black may be able to do Dusty. I got Jack Black as Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's big enough. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I put him to Dusty because Bam Bam Bigelow did not have the big, the long enough career. So it's more of a bit part. Uh, yeah. That's, all of these are going to be random parts. Nobody's going to have a big part except for Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan, pretty much. Yeah. Everybody else is going to be coming in and out of this thing. Um, okay. I got for how about let's go with Jake the Snake. Who plays Jake the Snake? I got a good one. Okay, who you got? I got Lee Schreiber. Yeah. Got to put a little hair on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's who I got with Jake the Snake. I know. It can, he's kind of wild. You got to think outside the box on this one. Think outside the box on it. Um, Ultimate Warrior. Who plays Ultimate Warrior? I got somebody here. I got two of them, actually. You got two of them. I put two down for Ultimate Warrior. I don't know if I was drinking when I did this list or what. Uh, I have Brad Pitt and Christian Bale, potentially, as Ultimate Warrior. Because they can have the hair. Got to be wild. Got to be, be wild. Got to be really in shape. Yeah, too. I don't think Brad Pitt could be wild enough to be the warrior. You don't think he can get get crazy enough? To yeah, do I, don't it? Think, I don't imagine Brad Pitt shaking the ropes and doing the run. Oh, you know who I can get to Jake the Snake? I just thought about this too. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that's, Nick Cage yeah. can do Jake the Snake. Yeah, I'm gonna write that one down. I like that one. Like that one, Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage's got to be in this. He would insist upon it. <laughs> Nick Cage would be like, I insist on being in the WWE WCW crossover <laughs> film event. Yeah. Afterwards, you'd be like, Jake, how how long have you lived with snakes to get ready for this role? Six years now. <laughs> exactly. I've been living with the snakes. Uh, how about Mean Gene Okerlund, Paul Giamatti? Okay, I can go with that. Like that? Yeah, I can go with that one. Okay. Uh, this is one that's going to be really tough, man. Randy Savage. Who the hell plays the Macho Man? The Macho Man. I thought about Johnny Depp or Christian Bell. Yeah. Christian Bell or Johnny Depp. I think Christian Bell because then it's he just got to change that Batman voice a little bit. That's pretty- <laughs> You're right. So all he's got to do is You're go right. from. I am the darkness, too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I'm the darkness, brother, yeah. I actually like that. Yeah, so I think we're going there. Uh, I like that. Spec Sex Science lit up. 512-337-3776. Okay, let me get a couple more in here. How about who plays... <laughs> Man, where did I get that from? Okay, who who plays... Oh, I like this. Okay, let's go with Sergeant Slaughter. Who plays Sergeant Slaughter? Sergeant Slot. I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one. Who you got? Man, it's weird. I, I, it's strange. I got it because he can't play it now. He's too old. I had John Goodman on there for Sergeant Slaughter, but he's too big. Yeah, I mean, you I can, can you see, can play him later on. You yeah. can play him later on. It's got it's yeah, Irish young. Men him early. Yeah, you got to get somebody young to play him early. That's the thing about this too. Where we go? Like, when does this happen? These fighters are fighting. They like- said Craig Way for me and Gene. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig could do it. Craig, Craig, could, hey, do it. Craig could do it. Oh, someone said Ultimate Warrior Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. I had him for a couple of these, but you're right. Bradley Cooper could get down with a few of these, actually. And I did have Bradley Cooper for uh, a couple of these already. I have him for. Oh, Michael Chiklis is Bam Bam Bigelow. I could see that one. Oh, that is good. Sometimes, what about Sting? Actually, know who Bam Bam Bigelow is? Give Vin, it to me. It's Vin Diesel. That is Vin Bam Diesel. Bam Bam don't good. talk too much. That's good. Oh, for Sting, <laughs> I had Ryan Reynolds. Texter, is that good for Sting? Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. He basically, yeah, yeah. He just had makeup on. He's playing a yeah. you know, silent type, right? Ever Sting? I can see that. 
Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold. That's tough. Stone Cold. Yeah. Stone Cold is tough. I don't know. Who you get it. see. That's crazy. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who we get for Stone Cold because he's so man. He's so thick, bald. Kind of a thick bald guy. Thick bald white dude. That's young enough to pull it off. That like who, who are we missing? Thick bald. Because you got to remember, Stone Cold in wrestling was done before he was forty. Yeah, he was done early. You're right. Because yeah. of injuries. It's got to be young. That's what I'm saying. So it's got to be someone younger. You can't go with the normal bald guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Should we, should we get like, yeah, I don't know who plays him. That's a good one. That, that's probably the, one of the toughest ones. Yeah. I'm going to admit that's one of the toughest. I'm, I'm going to be stuck up on that one. How about The Undertaker? Who we got playing The Undertaker? Hugh, oh. Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Hugh Jackman's like 5'9", right? I don't know. Adam, yeah, who, put him on a, some crates. Oh, you know who plays him? Oh, Adam Driver. Yeah. Adam yeah, Driver. Adam Driver. We'll Adam Driver's my Undertaker. I'm writing that down. Adam Driver's my Undertaker. All right, we got to go to break. I can't just be doing this. <laughs> to be casting We're for casting the, rest, the movie. We're casting the wrestling movie and forgot all about the bills that must be paid. But I do like Adam Driver as the Undertaker. I'm writing that one down. All right, we're going to continue casting this fictional movie, and we need your help. So, Space Six Line, hit us up. 512-337-3776. We'll come back. We'll talk more about the fake movie. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Nine Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. 542 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch live right here in ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Patrice Pike. She's going to be playing that thing I talked about earlier Saturday at Antone's early show. All right, it's a quick one because we went way too long in our fictional uh, WWE slash WCW NWA WWE slash crossover film event. So we'll come back and read all of your suggestions (laughs) for the casting of the movie. And uh, we'll read the rest that we have because Patrick has been rabbit holing too. We got way deep down this uh, rabbit hole, and it is a Friday show, and sounds like one, too. We'll be right back to wrap it up right here on Ball Don't Lie, Wonderful Nine Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That means we play jams from very talented human beings who you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Paul Val. He is playing Saturday at the Saxon Pub. Oh, there you go. All right, now we are off a little bit early today, so if you missed any part of the show, any, any part of any of the shows, uh, if you missed uh, some of the 512 Friday selections, please go to hornfm.com, and you can uh, catch up with them on the uh, the website there. Okay, we're just going to finish up our discussion we were having in the last segment because we basically got a few minutes here, and then we're going to be out of time and be done for the rest of the week. We're going to give you up to Texas baseball coming up to start their, their first home uh the first home series of the season. All right. So I proposed, as because I was giving some factoids and celebrating Ric Flair's birthday, which is tomorrow. He'll turn 74 for the great Ric Flair. Woo! The love for the nature boy. I proposed the question, who would play Ric Flair in the movie? Got to have a movie about a all-time great wrestler who had a plane accident, survived the plane crash, survived getting struck by lightning, and other crazy story. Actually was stolen and sold as a child. In his youth, just wild stories. So who's going to play Ric Flair in the movie? I threw out there Ryan Gosling. <laughs> uh, or, and I know this sounds crazy, Tom Cruise could do a really good Ric Flair. I know it sounds strange, but Tom Cruise, think about that Tropic Thunder character. I think he actually could do a damn good Ric Flair. Just throwing it out there. 
I would love wild to be card, wild the, card. the audition room where you just hear people having to do their best woos. Oh, man. Oh, Rick, I guarantee you Tom Cruise's woo was pretty damn good. I'd be working on it for <laughs> yeah. uh, Okay, so that's who I got for I, I, Ryan Gosling or Tom Cruise probably could play Ric Flair. So I want to get to your suggestions because you guys went down the rabbit hole on this thing. And so do my man Patrick. So just chime in. We'll go rapid fire here. One texter says Hugh Jackman as the ultimate warrior. Jason Statham as Stone Cold. And Jason Momoa as The Undertaker. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate that. Put some thought into that. I appreciate that. Uh, Draft House dude. Didn't hear the whole segment, but I thought Jason Momoa as Kevin Nash works. Yeah. He okay, says, I can go with that. He says Jonah Hill as Mankind. I could. All right. If Jonah Hill did not lose that weight, he'd be a perfect Dusty Rhodes. Put it back on, Jonah. Put it back on. <laughs> Just for the Dusty Rhodes character, man. He'd be awesome. Uh, uh, Putt says Sting equals Keanu Reeves. That's a great point. Now, Patrick made a good point about Sting's life cycle, if you will. Because you got Surfer Sting and then you got Crow Sting. So he'd be a really good Crow Sting. I'm not sure if he's a great Surfer Sting, mm. but he may be able to do it. I mean, he did Bill and Ted. He could be Surfer Sting, Bill and Ted. That is, that's a good, that's, you're right. He did do it. He did do it. He then. did, uh, he did, what was, uh, what was the uh, point break? Point break. He was Surfer, dude. Yeah, so he's done that. So he just got to, he's got to channel his younger Keanu for younger Sting, and then he can go into Crow's Keanu for later. <laughs> the, yeah, for the Crow, the Crow Sting. Crow Sting. <laughs> I like that. Bradley Cooper could be a good Ric Flair. Says I'm in CB. I agree with that, CB. I think Bradley Cooper's going to be in this film. It's pretty obvious now. Bradley Cooper and Jason Momoa will be in this film playing something because yes. we got too many people suggesting them. Uh, someone says Stone Cold equals J.J. Watt. <laughs> I don't know if J.J. Watt's going to act in the movie. How about Matthew McConaughey? Someone says Matthew McConaughey is stone cold. I'm going to say Matthew McConaughey for me, Mr. Perfect. I'm going to say he's the perfect Mr. Perfect. Yeah, a little bit more laid back. A little bit more laid back, got the glowing blonde hair, yeah. good looking, very attractive. He sings stone, he sings to me like he's Mr. Perfect. Uh, Army Hammer, as Ric Flair, someone says. Zach Efron is Sting. Taylor Kish as Stone Cold, and Joe Mangalino as Hulk. I'm not sure I know who Joe, Joe... Mangalinelli. Oh, is that what he meant? Yeah, his... I, I, who, I know. Is what is he in? I, I can't tell I can't, you. I know. Okay. I, I know he is. I think he's married to Sofia Vergara, right? Is it that guy? Oh, okay. I I I can't see him off the top of my dome. I got to Google him real quick. Someone says Will Ferrell should play. He's six three. Will Ferrell is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I don't it's a know different kind of movie, then. Uh, exactly. I don't know if we want to go there. Oh, I like this one. Alexander Skarsgård as The Undertaker. Michael Keaton as Vince McMahon. Jack Black would be Mick Foley. Michael Keaton as Vince McMahon is good, but he's a little too old now. Yeah. Who's the young Vince McMahon? I thought young Vince McMahon I have down here as Alec Baldwin or Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I go George Clooney in there as well. Oh, like George Clooney in there as well. George Clooney, will uh, whoever win shouted out Danny DeVito as Paul Bearer. Well done. Round of applause. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Solid work on that one. That would be good. Uh, we got a lot of Jack uh, Jack Black, uh, Mick Foley, which is pretty good. Um, someone says a few of the Nate says a few of these can play themselves. Uh, Rock can be themselves. Yeah, but if we do that, then everybody's going to want to play themselves. Uh, Nate says James Franco is Ultimate Warrior. That's not bad. Is, is James Franco still canceled? Probably so. <laughs> Half of this list is still canceled. You can't even make a, a movie about Hulk Hogan anymore. Uh, someone says Tom Hardy is Ultimate Warrior. Uh, 
Uh, that would be interesting. I got Ultimate Warrior here. I have I had Christian Bale or Brad Pitt as my Ultimate Warrior. I like Christian Bale as Macho Man. I think it's a smooth Ooh. voice transition from the from the Dark Knight from the Dark Knight to to Macho Man. I think you made a good point there. Someone says you got to cast Rob Gronkowski too. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> He'll no, play one of these no. roles. We have to pretend like he's never existed. <laughs> Stop putting him in things. <laughs> so this big doofus in things. <laughs> um, someone says here, uh, Kit Harrington is Sting. Kit Harrington is Jon Snow, correct? From, yes. From Game of Thrones? Okay. Well, that's not bad. That's another crow sting, for sure. That would be. Uh, someone says, who would, uh, who would John Cena play? I guess John Cena is an actor now. He is. He's. A, he's actually. I enjoy John Cena's acting chops. They're pretty good. He's not. He's not bad at all. Actually, um, Macho Man Bradley Cooper for Macho Man. That's not bad. We got to figure out who's playing Macho Man real quick. How about Johnny Depp? I don't, but see, I don't think he has the intensity. Okay. All right. So no Johnny Depp. Who needs to be intense enough to play Macho, uh, Macho Man? Bradley Cooper could do it. Bradley Cooper could do a lot of these. Actually. Yeah. I truly believe it. Uh, someone says Jeff Bridges as Terry Funk. <laughs> I like old, old middle aged and crazy Terry Funk. <laughs> oh, how about Jimmy, Johnny Depp as Jimmy as uh, Jimmy Hart? Oh, okay, that's not bad. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, I guess so. I can see that a little bit. All right, thank you guys for all your participation. We appreciate it. We know we're a little off the rails here, but we had a lot of fun doing it, and that's what it's all about. I want to thank my man Pat for doing a great job, as always. I want to thank all of you guys for participating. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We do mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Texas baseball coming up next. Craig Way, the Longhorns uh, legend, on the call. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace.